Lost Hog of Liberty podcast. Excuse me! This, this is, is perception is reality. And this is Christopher H. Bilbrey. That's right. No reason to get bent out of shape or to adjust that dial, even though you're not really listening to anything that uses a dial. No reason to get bent out of shape because it is, in fact, perception is reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey and not Boss Hog of Liberty. But fear not because the bosses are, in fact, here with us today. The bosses of Hog, or what would you call them? The boss hogs of Liberty, the Libertyites, the bosses, the bo- I like the bosses of Hog. The bosses of Hog, ladies and gentlemen, Jeremiah Morrill and Dakota Davis will be joining the conversation just momentarily to talk to us about all things boss, all things Hog, and all things Liberty. How are you all doing? Welcome to another episode of Perception is Reality. I am Christopher H. Bilbrey. This is the 43rd episode, and I'm happy to have you all here, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio or iTunes or Google Podcast, or if you're listening at the home station of perception.fireside.fm. Welcome, 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 and thank you for joining us today. And I hope we have some crossover listeners from the Boss Hog of Liberty. Okay, so for my listeners that might not know, or for people who are just joining today and have no clue what's going on, the Boss Hog of Liberty is a politics and news podcast based out of Newcastle, Henry County, Indiana. Co-host Jeremiah Morrill and Dakota Davis, along with producer Chris Guffey, and a string of other friends and guest hosts that try to focus on life in rural Indiana and look at events, news, politics from a libertarian mindset. And in my opinion, they're trying to better their community with the work that they're doing. I feel like they very much do very similar to what I'm trying to do here, where they're trying to get people active and engaged and involved and trying to make a difference in their corner of the world, while also being very much in tune with what's going on at also the state level and the national level. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show with me, Jeremiah Morrill and Dakota Davis from the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast. I want to welcome Jeremiah Morrill and Dakota Davis from the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast. Thank you guys for joining me today. It's awesome, man. I, we follow your work. My day job is in Muncie, so uh, you know I, I, I had lunch on Tillotson today, and I was uh, down downtown yesterday. It's, uh, Absolutely. I, I enjoy the work you do, and uh, <laughs> the the. Uh, the ways you've created transparency in Delaware County have been a lot of fun this last year. <laughs> That's one of the things I'd like to talk to you guys about. I think that we are, are fairly similar. I, I I might be a little bit more caustic or abrasive, and that's, I don't think that's necessarily... I'm not sliding you guys saying that. I might be an asshole. I don't know. <laughs> There's uh, some stylistic differences sometimes. <laughs> well, the, I think... Uh, 
the main difference between perception is reality versus our show is that you are much more of a community watchdog, local news, actual reporter type. Jeremiah and myself, we started a podcast to talk about things that we are interested in. And it just so happens that Henry County is something that we find very interesting. And my God, it's been fertile ground for us. <laughs> and you found the same thing. Local politics is, uh, you know, one of the things we talked about on Boss Hog is that we, you know, we super serve local Henry County and East Central Indiana, but the same stuff we talk about happens all over the country. We have sure. listeners all over all over the United States, and the same the, the names and titles might change a little bit, but the same stuff and same themes that you see in, happening in Muncie or Newcastle or happening in, in rural Illinois or southern Florida, it's, it's happening everywhere. Absolutely, and then I very much say that same thing, that, you know, my kind of like a tagline or whatever, however you'd want to say it is, bettering local government or local community through citizen involvement. And, you know, while it's fun to jump on the bandwagon and bitch about Nancy Pelosi or Donald Trump, the mayor down the street plowing the road or not plowing the road or fixing the potholes or not fixing the potholes affects you far, far greater. And it seems like so many people don't have a clue what's going on, you know, down their street. And that was my goal in doing this. So I I wanted to find out kind of one of the things that I do here on Perception is Reality, besides just uh, talk into the microphone myself, is I like to talk to other people uh, from all walks of life and from all kind of corners that have been involved for a while or just now getting involved in different things and see how their experience has been, why they're getting involved, why they do what they're, they're doing. And so that's, that's kind of how I wanted to approach this. So, um, you know, we hadn't really talked about it. I obviously follow you guys. I watch, uh, your, your live feeds. I, I need to re-hook up the Patreon. I switched accounts, and that's kind of what happened. I'm glad that uh, Dakota let me know that because I need to get back in and, and privy to all the Patreon uh, secret and secret stuff. Dakota and Dakota and accounts receivable is a pain in the ass. I'll tell you what, <laughs> you will wear you out. Do <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, but uh, be, even before the deal in February when I came down there, uh, we really hadn't talked about this. So I guess I'm kind of interested in what what your backgrounds are, you know, kind of how you guys came together. Uh, I always, always say I'm not a tech person. I, I didn't, a year and a half ago, I didn't know what a podcast was. I listened to conservative talk radio, but I didn't know what a podcast was. And I came at this from someone who's been active on the local political scene for 30 plus years since I've been eight, nine, 10 years old. But I fell into this side of it. So what's kind of your background and how did you guys get together? Why, why are you the Boss Hogs of Liberty? Well, I'll tell the story of how we met. I'll let Jeremiah talk about how the podcast got started. But uh, how Jeremiah and, and I first came to know each other, um, <laughs> we... Uh, well, there's I, a big age difference. There, and, and, yeah. yeah. A, a real difference. Yeah. I'm the world's oldest millennial, and Dakota is the world's youngest millennial. So I'm, yeah, I, I, I have to check the charts, but I think I'm 36, and Dakota is somewhere around 24 nowadays. Okay, you know, so we're, like that. we're close in age. I'm I'm 37 or 38. So yeah, one of those numbers that that works. So 
All right, you and I are close. How old are you, Dakota? I'm 23. Oh wow! So I'll be, I'll be 24 January 1st. But is that something that I need to look forward to? Uh, both of you guys said uh, 35 or 36 and 37 or somewhere that range. You, you just, just don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Your car insurance go down. You can still rent a car no matter what. And there's no, there's literally no advantage to getting older anymore. I got gotcha. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. Still fight the battles of uh, finding out. Um, if I can rent a car in different states, some of the, some of them require you to be 25, or yeah. you have to pay. Once, once, once you get 25, you're you're good to go. <laughs> but anyway, how we met was I uh, heard about this guy named Austin Peterson who's running for uh, the Libertarian Party nomination um, in the 2016 election, and so I started looking into him and started looking into the Libertarian Party itself. And then that got me uh, into looking at Rex Bell's governor, yep. gubernatorial campaign. And uh, I looked into Rex. I really liked everything that he had to say. I had for years been saying that I wished that there was some political movement out there that had the fiscal mind of the Republicans and the social minds of the Democrats. And I found that through uh, Austin Peterson and Rex Bell. I ordered a Rex Bell for governor sign to put in my yard in Newcastle. And uh, Jeremiah... And 30 minutes later, it showed up <laughs> in the store. Jeremiah reached out to me on Facebook and asked if he could drop it off that day. Uh, I said yes, and co-host Chase uh, and myself, we were out working in the yard were, of a house were, that I had just bought. You were tending to your garden. Yes, we're, we were redoing the landscaping because Chase and I worked for a landscaping company. Uh, at that time together and Jeremiah as he left dropping off the sign said that Chase and I had a very lovely home <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> once again if you've met Chase you understand yep. how I'm not it's not that hard to make that connection but uh, yeah I do have a lovely home and I just you know I, I'm very happy with two of them and hopefully they, they get along very well for years to go yeah and and <laughs> As they say, the rest is history. Chase and I, 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 I guess we might have had a falling out. I don't know. I'm married to a woman and have a child on the way now. So <laughs> Yeah, uh, congratulations for on that, by the way, on yeah. the child. I, with, have, with you. I have no children to report at this time. <laughs> uh, and, and then for me, you know, I was, uh, I was involved with politics and uh, kind of came from the Republican side as a, as a high school kid, volunteered for uh, Congressman McIntosh. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, uh, worked uh, worked with our local state rep here. I was uh, involved volunteering with Tom Saunders' campaign when he was running for state rep. And then um, somewhere around the uh, 2011 range, 20, 2009, I guess 2009 probably, um, I really kind of just said, all right, I'm 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 done with the GOP. The uh, They had they had a guy named Marlon Stutzman, who, yep. while he was still a state senator, he was running for U.S. Senate and was really doing a great job and had done the work and he's going to Lincoln day dinners and he was doing everything he's supposed to do. And I was like, yeah, this guy's, this guy's going to be a good one. And then the next thing I knew, I saw that uh, Evan by decided he wasn't going to run for the Senate again. Uh, the GOP called Dan Coates off the bench. Dan Coates lived in Virginia. And the next thing I knew Marlon Stutzman got railroaded and all the work he had done for the last year was thrown away what the voters cared about and what the uh, the grassroots people cared about didn't matter anymore. Right. Uh, and it was incredibly apparent to me at that time that I didn't have a home in the GOP because unless you were connected and you had the money and you were doing, you know, you were one of the elites, it wasn't going to matter. So 
at that time I said, all right, who's actually got ballot access and who's pragmatic and who actually believes in limited government and social responsibility uh, in fiscal conservatism. And uh, that's where I found the Libertarian Party. Yeah. And at that time they, they were active and growing and uh, got involved. I've run for office a couple of times myself. Uh, I was involved with the We Are Libertarians uh, podcast network. Um, and then all things came together. 2016, I, was, uh, I found myself as Rex Bell's campaign manager based right here in Newcastle. Dakota came along, and uh, we had been talking about a couple different avenues to uh, to get to market with a podcast, and that was the birth of, of the Boss Hog of Liberty, and, and here we are two and a half years later, still going strong. Very good, and I just want to say, now, you guys release episodes every week on Thursdays on the same fireside.fm network that I release my episodes on, and you can be found at all major podcasting hosting sites, correct? Correct, yeah. Or just uh, bosshogofliberty.com as well. Okay, yep. bo- it'll, yeah, it'll right. take, Then we're on Stitcher, Spotify. I think we're listed in Pandora, iTunes, Google sure. Podcasts. Any podcasts are sold. You can pretty yeah. much find us at this. <laughs> Absolutely. Sold for free. Yeah, sold for, <laughs> sold for now. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. So kind of moving on, talking about local political parties and politics. I came into politics through my grandmother who had worked in county government and had campaigned for people, was a precinct committeeman, ran for office several times, and I would refer to her as a Kennedy-crat. I ran in 2001 as a Democrat, and it was shortly after that that I went to uh, the college Democrats on the campus of Ball State and quickly found out that I was Republican. You should have heard her when I told her that I was a Republican. Now, she remained a Democrat, although I don't believe that she would have subscribed to all this nonsense currently going on in the Delaware County, Indiana Democratic Party. One of the problems with local parties now, and it's not it's not the national parties, it's the it's the incumbency or the non incumbency. Yeah. You, and you talk about how you've had there's a massive rift inside of the Delaware County Democrats. Yep. It's the people that have been in office and that are serving and that are used to having the incumbency yep. versus everybody else. Yep. Um yeah. it, it's a power or not. It's not it's not the party. Yep. The party doesn't really care. Although it's the, the avenue, and with people that blindly vote straight ticket, they're just going to keep electing Democrats unless they overthrow them or you have a, a crazy corruption wave, which is what's happened this year in, in Muncie. Yeah. You're not going to generally have, have, have a change because people just blindly vote for Team Donkey or Team Elephant. Yeah, um, that's, and that's one of the reasons why I've been involved with the LP and you know, have cared over the last decade uh, because what you care about as an individual... Especially in a small town, the the national politics don't matter. You That's, care about yeah. getting your road, your streets swept, your water should be clean when you turn the faucet on. When you when you flush the toilet, it should go into a a, uh, a wastewater treatment plant, and not right into the White River or the Big Blue River. <laughs> Those are the things yeah. that matter. The basic services, and we all agree on that. Yeah. Um, but it's a matter of how you get there. Unfortunately, yeah. though, we know what flows downstream, right? And that is what <laughs> national politics has become and it it corrupts the minds of everyone who wants to vote in local elections because they just see uh, the they see the crazy democrats in up in washington dc or the crazy libertarians how they acted at the national convention on c-span and you know that's just that it seems to be the nature of the game but it's the it's the job of the people who are involved in local politics like you and us and it is our job to go out and and tell people 
what the issues that the county or the city is facing, yeah. uh, what those issues are, um, and why they need to pay attention. And maybe the guy that they usually, in the party that they usually vote for, why he has it wrong. That's um, absolutely, and that's that's where I mean that's where I was going with that. I for the long time I've said I've been Republican or, or conservative, but then I always put the dot dot dot. I say or right leaning libertarian. Uh, now I've not actually pulled the trigger all the way. I don't know that I'll ever run for office again. Had the epiphany sometime last year that I feel like I make more of a difference doing what I'm doing this way than if I was ever a one vote on a council and was the odd man out. But I believe I make more of a difference from sitting here as a conservative or a conservative with libertarian leanings. We have a mutual contact of each other. Dale Arnett, an attorney who has ran for state representative in District 33, which is Randolph County, Jay County, and parts of Delaware County, who is gearing up, I believe, to run as a judge candidate for the Superior Bench in Randolph County. And I know that he ran for state representative as a libertarian and was kind of toying with the thought of running as Republican or running as libertarian. And it's sad to say that I believe that if he ran libertarian, he might be facing... A harder time, but if he runs Republican, he will definitely win the race. And what sucks about that is on the local level, it's not political. Republican, Democrat doesn't matter. I say common sense is what matters. But more people would be libertarian on a local level talking about local candidates if they just opened their eyes, paid attention, got educated, and knew what all of these things meant. More people would be libertarian. Libertarians have, have won partisan races before. You know, I was I was married by the Hagerstown town judge. Judge Susan Bell beat a Republican to become the Hagerstown town judge, and she's serving her fifth term now. Wow! Yeah. Uh, so it does, uh, and and it's possible, and it's also entirely possible that uh, there may not be another candidate that wants that job. Right. That's you know, if, if you look at a, a, a running for judge in a in a rural Indiana county. There may be only five or six people in the entire county that are eligible to run. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So there, you know, may not be others that uh, you know. If, if the other attorneys in the community say, "Hey, yeah, we think Dale's fine," they may or may not actually even challenge the race. It's, that it's, would be it's great. Really, you know, um, and we've won. You know, trust me, we elected two libertarians in Henry County last year uh, in, in in uncontested races. You'd be amazed at how many uh, rural Indiana races have have absolutely nobody running against them at all. Yeah. Rushville, Indiana canceled their city election this year completely because there were there was no primary and there was nobody to vote for in the fall. There is no election in Rushville, second cycle in a row. Oh, um, Newcastle, if it wasn't for the two libertarians and one last minute addition on the city council uh, from a Republican, there would have there was no primary and there would have been no city election in Newcastle. Um, you'd be very surprised at the number of races that go completely unchallenged uh, because, because people become complacent or they fall asleep or they yep. don't want to do the job. Yep. Um, as libertarian, you'd be surprised that I say it, but I don't think we pay our public officials enough. Right. I, you don't attract people. Yeah. You don't attract people who actually want to leave a, a private sector job to do the work of the public because they don't make enough. Right. Teachers don't make enough, and you politicians in the in the local jobs that actually matter, the places that where you decide that. Absolutely. 
when we're talking libertarian, I want to make sure people know what we're talking about. I've actually been talking with people before that either aren't educated or might just be blind to it that don't know what we're talking about. And as soon as they hear libertarian, they hear the first part of that word, lib, and they think it's liberal or some other faction of liberalism. You guys are more the expert on that than I am. Tell the listeners, you know, in your opinion, in a, in a couple just brief sentences, what libertarianism is to you. Well, real quick, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that with the with the first uh, syllables of the word. Uh, <laughs> my opponent in the Henry County Council race would refer to us as the libs oh in order to try to up and say that we were the liberals, but yeah, uh, no, it, um, libertarianism is, uh, is that basically it's, it's, uh, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff is what we like to say. We, uh, we subscribe to the non-aggression principle, which, uh, which means that, uh, basically don't strike unless striked upon. And we, we agree in non-violence and that is uh, with everything. Um, so it, that philosophy can be, uh, the whole libertarian philosophy can be boiled down to the non-aggression principle where if you have an idea then on how things should be ran, then it better be good enough to where you don't have to use the violence of government to force people to subscribe to it. Uh, that is, that is one of the main tenets, but we are very fiscally conservative as a movement. Uh, we are, we believe in free markets, capitalism, um, and, uh, the greatness that, that comes with that, but we also believe in minding our own business. So we say that we, um, unlike the Republicans, we stay out of your bedroom, and unlike the Democrats, we stay out of your pocketbook. They just live by the golden rule, man. That's, absolutely. Uh, that's it. There was a meme that I absolutely loved that explained, in my opinion, libertarianism perfectly. And it said, I want my gay biracial neighbors to be able to protect their pot plants with their guns. And that is something that just absolutely speaks to me. Getting back kind of to the politics, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, something that, like you just mentioned a minute ago, was back in the primary, you guys did not have uh, a primary election. And there were, I, I found it odd, the arguments on both sides. There were people who were upset. They thought that the government was somehow screwing people over. And I was like, no, this is great. Well, for I didn't think it was great. I said, the fact that nobody is running and there's not going to be any contested races, Henry County and Newcastle saved the city and the citizens money by not doing that but i didn't think it was great i thought it was disgusting and it fell on the parties the republican party chairman and the democrat party chairman both should have been booted out when that happens and they should get people that can wake the party up that can wake people up that can energize people to you know i say it, it, you don't just run for office you need to get people voting, asking questions, attending meetings. And then from there, those people that do that then decide, hey, you know what, maybe I can do this. But we are past the primary and we are coming up on the general election and you do now have contested races. You actually have your producer, Chris Guffey, who is a candidate for a council seat. Yeah, Chris Guffey is running for City Council Ward 3 in Newcastle and we also have Another libertarian, uh, Lisa Katrin, is okay. she's running for Castle City Council as well. But uh, yeah, it, we 
it, they did save us a bunch of money by by not having the primaries, but it was it, it is kind of a, a sad bill that they um, that apparently everyone in the Republican side of things and the Democrat side of things just decided that the people that they already had in office were good enough, and that was fine. We always maintain that people should have to interview for the job, even if you really really like the incumbent. Yep. They're going to be better having face the challenger in the summer because they have to talk about the issues, they have to think about the issues, and they have to work at it a little bit. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's important. Um, the, other, the other issue that I, I think should be pointed out is that a primary is not an election. It is yep. a, a preference decision of the people that show up and the taxpayers pay for it. But it's the Republicans picking their candidate. It's the Democrats picking their candidate. Libertarians are not afforded that. We don't have equal access to the ballot. The Green Party is not, doesn't have ballot access in any way. They have to act like they're independents and go out and claim signatures every time. Uh, the Libertarian Party achieved minor party status with, through the Secretary of State's race. So we have uh, a mechanism for conventions uh, so that at our own expense, the Libertarian Party selects its candidates through either area or state conventions and puts our candidates on the ballot in the fall. The taxpayers of Delaware County pay for the people of the the Democratic Party to decide to settle their fight between your you know two fourteen and the outsiders. Yeah, the people of Delaware County pay for that. Um, what really should happen is that anybody that says they want to be a Democrat ought to pay or show up or voluntarily pay to pay to select their folks and have a caucus or have an area convention. And there are easily mechanisms to do that. You know, you don't vote in the primary to decide who your attorney general is. You know that, Chris? Absolutely. The attorney general is selected at, the, at your statewide convention, and you have delegates that are in place for the Republican Party or folks that are selected by the Democrat Party that go to the state convention as delegates. You can do the same thing. The same process is in place, right. and nobody's disenfranchised when you decide that you're going to have Karen Tallian or, um, I, I guess, uh, you know, our current, <laughs> our current attorney general, Kurt <laughs> Tittle. <laughs> um, or maybe Steve Booyer, who knows who it's going to be, uh, you know, what, what's going to come out of it. But that'll never be on the primary, and that's okay, because the, the party officials are going to select it. The general election's in November. In some of these uh, rural towns, like we've talked about with the straight ticket voting, it, it seems like sometimes your your primary election is the one that makes the most difference. The ones, uh, just look at our um, Republican County Council this past election, it everybody that made it through the Republican primary was then put, was then elected in November to serve on the county council at, because of straight ticket voting. So we've already had issue in trying to tackle it over here, but uh, the one place you, that straight ticket voting doesn't count in the state of Indiana is in a choose more than one race. Yeah, right. So if you're talking about trustee board where you have, you know, pick three or a county council board pick three, those are the places that actually uh, straight ticket voting doesn't count. How, Everywhere else, you can go in and pick, pick Team Elephant, and it will conveniently vote for all of the Republicans just for you. There's only about seven or eight states in the country that still have straight ticket voting. Indiana yeah. is a laggard. Yeah, it is. Uh, in Sunday sales all and uh, in the straight ticket voting. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. I was going to ask you, how many at-large council members do you have on the Newcastle City Council? The Newcastle City Council is uh, seven members. There's five wards and two uh, two at large. Okay, so you have two at large, six Democrats and one Republican. Uh, the, probably much like uh, Delaware County, our rural area is very Republican. 
Uh, and then Newcastle, an old UAW town, just like Muncie. Yeah. So Chrysler had a big influence, and a lot of folks vote Democrat because grandma and grandpa voted Democrat. Absolutely. Uh, so the majority of the government is, uh, is generally Democrat, and the uh, county, if you want to get elected, the vast majority are Republicans. Every seat in, in our county government is held by a Republican, and all but one are in the city are held by Democrat. Wow. Uh, Win- Winchester, our council in Winchester is five, so we have four council members in districts, and we have one council, at-large council. And then the city of Muncie uh, has nine council members, of which six are districts and three are at-large. So, uh, you know, that's that's interesting on that. Yeah, I've, I've been uh, way against straight party. I mean, if you want to vote straight party, that's fine. I think that's ignorant. I don't know that I have ever... When I know I I'm I'm sure that I have not ever went in and voted for all Republicans. I've always supported Democrats and uh, Republicans uh, on both sides. But if you want to go in and vote straight Republican, go in and press all the Republicans. Just take the option off the ballot and make people work for it. There's nothing wrong with people having to work a little bit for what they want. And I uh, yeah I've always been very against that. The straight ticket voting, it turns it into a system where you have people who voted for folks in uh, in position, but they have no idea who their names are, like what their names are, the the people that they voted for. Yeah. So it, you can you can go in and vote for your county council member, but because you pressed the little elephant icon on your screen, you have no idea what their name even is. Absolutely. You <laughs> and kind of talking about that, you know, what what we need to do to change that is getting folks interested, getting people involved, getting people active and attending meetings and, and asking questions. And if they're not registered, getting them registered. And then once they're registered, make sure that they're doing something with that. And then the end, you don't you don't just vote and that's it. You have to then make sure that your vote is working for you so you have to stay involved and if the person that you you know there's a lot of people that i've supported and then once they've got an office thought yeah nope this wasn't a good fit we need to get rid of this person and then we had to work to you know get rid of that person and put someone else in office that would do a better job and there's nothing wrong with that there's also people that i've not voted for or that i've campaigned against that's turned out to been fantastic but what are you guys doing down there? You're similar to uh, to Winchester. We have a local paper. It puts out uh, an article on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Or, well, yeah, basically an article. It puts out a five or six page uh, <laughs> uh, paper every Tuesday and Thursday. They're always like a week and a half old on news. You guys, uh, your paper's a little bit bigger than that. I think you guys publish every day, but you very much are the media. I have people that come to my Facebook page and have come the people, listeners that, that come to the podcast for news rather than going to the Star Press, and I know that you guys are very much like that. Uh, talk a little bit about you know kind of building that platform and, and what you're doing to try to get folks involved and uh, get them active down in your neck of the woods. We started covering uh, meetings kind of as a public service to uh, things, things we talked about on the show. Uh, so we bought a little remote, uh, remote camera, and, and for a series of months, we would show up at public meetings, whether it park board meetings or city council meetings or county commissioner, county council meetings. Just show up and run, run camera mm-hmm. uh, on things to, to one, make it uh, apparent to the uh, public officials that uh, public, the public is going to have access to things, and that kind of got them 
got them a little bit uh, more willing to be transparent it's about, amazing about what, public, uh, what the presence public of a camera activities. does. It, it truly is amazing what that what a camera can do for a public meeting. Absolutely, it you know it it changed it changed the way that uh, you know our park board the way that they sat uh, originally the park board uh, sat facing themselves they they sat at a table and kind of excluded everybody else and then the next thing you know uh, the tables are set up a little bit more like theater seating where it's going across and you can see everybody you can see their face you can see what they're talking about and and it's uh, um you know because of the big turnout at a few public meetings that uh, that changed. Um, we, we don't cover every meeting now. Um, you know, uh, we, uh, we're like, like many, uh, we are not paid professional media members, right? right? We are, we're citizen advocates. This, this podcast is like our golf game, but it paid it pays for itself. We're supported by Patreon and by a handful of community donors and local businesses at times that'll chip in and help us, help us out. And by folks that'll pick, uh, help us out on the Amazon wish list and buy some equipment and, and we're, we're break even deal. But we're a public service. We we do what we do um, to make sure that people are informed. Uh, throughout the fall, we provide. Uh, this will be the third year in a row. Uh, we have provided the uh, the debates, giving an open platform to all candidates on the on our local ballot. Uh, so we will have a, another candidate series with all the municipal candidates that uh, that are on the ballot this fall in Newcastle. Uh, we did it last year with the county council, the county commissioners, and we we did that. You, we did an entire congressional series. Everybody that ran for Congress, except for the vice president's brother, came on our show yeah. uh, in 2016. Or 2018, rather. Um, time flies. Time flies, yeah, Dakota. That's fly. And uh, we're, we're even going to cover the uncontested races for the uh, Newcastle municipal election. Um, but like Jeremiah was saying, yeah, we just brought a camera around um, at, to the meetings, and people started paying attention to our page because of that. Like I said before, this isn't, uh, we don't strictly cover politics every week. We have, it's a, we do whatever we find interesting. And uh, uh, most of the time that does happen to be politics because we're both heavily involved. The last but, couple of weeks, our show has highlighted uh, some other area podcasters. Yep. Sure. Uh, Matt Wharton from the Inappropriate Podcast was on. Uh, Jacob Serber was on the other day, and he's from the uh, the Thunderwolf Podcast, which is kind of based in uh, in Indianapolis now, but has East Central Indiana folks there. Um, it, it's whatever we find interesting. We've had stand-up comics on. We've had we've had um, people from the arts. We had uh, folks that are actually both in politics, uh, but they covered Robert Indiana, who's the uh, famous pop artist, and they actually went and visited him at his home in in Maine before he passed away. Uh, Robert Indiana was born right here in Newcastle. Really? Um, we had Rob Miller on the uh, the the racing journalist, who's from Anderson originally, and you know now he's nationally known on NBC and NBC Sports. Uh, Countless, countless people have been on. Steve Horwitz is a. We're big fans of Steve Horwitz. He's the uh, uh, distinguished uh, meat lovers economics professor <laughs> at. Uh, yeah. That's an inside joke. At Ball State University, uh, and Steve is um, a fantastic guy. He was at uh, St. Lawrence University, and now now he's at Ball State. And you guys are very lucky to have him. But he's been on the program a number of times. We've talked uh, macro and microeconomics with him. Absolutely. Um, just in Eric Osberg has been on from uh, IU Southeast and other economists. So anything, like we said, anything that we find interesting, it could be art, could be sports, could be politics. Um, we hope people are always going to learn something, and we hope uh, we hope to make them think a little critically. We get people, people are pissed at us all the time, too. It's <laughs> no not, way. It, it, it's, not, it's not, we don't do it in a bomb-throwing way, but, man, as soon as you challenge what they think they know or what they're conditioned to know and you, they think differently, uh, very often it turns into rage. 
Yeah, yeah. We get we get our fair share of hate mail. Uh, I've seen you post your hate mail on Facebook, and uh, we we get it too. It's uh, it's it's interesting how how someone can take a, just a one comment out of a ninety minute episode, <laughs> and it was a direct insult. But or, here, here's the thing about our show, Chris, is that if we have a direct insult for someone, we're just going to say it. Right. And we're <laughs> not afraid. <laughs> you know, you could agree with us 90% of the time, but the one time we hit the nerve that upsets you, all of a sudden you get mad and you, you tell your friends not to do it. I think we have <laughs> one bad review on... on uh, we, we used to have two bad reviews. But my mom was just trying to be difficult. We have give a us few four. now. We've picked up uh, a couple. Yeah, we, we've... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, at one point I think we were uh, we have all five stars except for my mom, who's like the, the French judge. Uh, <laughs> and then we've had people you know that support us until uh, until their issue comes up, and they get mad at us, and then they cancel their Patreon. It, you know it, it, that happened over over the wind issue. We covered we covered that for a long time, and we've had a civil yeah. war in Henry for years over over industrial wind, uh, which is understandable. Um, and it, some you know listen. We, if you want to, if you want the scoop on wind, just just go listen yeah. to it. You know, a dozen episodes of our this, of our show. But. This is how sensitive the nerves are over wind in Henry County, Chris. We uh, last year, I had uh, I I have a friend of mine who is also a listener, and he works at a school in Florida, and for the graphic design summer education class, uh, he had his friend. It commissioned a bunch of students down there to see if they could design a logo and see who would win, who would who would win the contest. And this was without us knowing. And I started getting emails with all of these different logo ideas in my email. And I, I saw the current one that we have now, and I sent a message to the teacher, and I was like, I love it. Uh, change the colors to these. And the skyline in the background, it would be awesome if one side had a very rural setting and the other side had a skyline of Indianapolis. And he said, okay. So he sends it back, and there's a windmill as part of the rural <laughs> setting. We kept it. And uh, I later saw in a comment section, I don't listen to that Boss Hog show anymore since they put a windmill in their logo. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> Shenandoah windmill. It's a. Uh, it, it, it's uh, It's owned by a school corporation. It's not our fault. <laughs> that's yeah. that's hilarious. I, I very much understand that. And I, you know, look, I, I I try to subscribe to the fact that politics is politics. It's it 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 shouldn't be dirty and down in the gutter, but it almost always is. I don't mean anything I say about anybody. Personally, I mean, I, I've had I've had elected officials try a call and get me fired from place of an employment. I have been arrested for speaking in city council meetings. You are out of order. This whole place is out of order. This is a joke. So it does get personal, and they make it personal. But I try to never get that way. If, if I if I, I have railed against the mayor of Winchester or a city councilor in Muncie, Nora Powell or Sean Byram, if either one of them broke down on the side of the road. I would help them out. I would give them my a last dollar in my pocket. And then after I got them on down the road, I'd say, oh, well, you shouldn't vote for that idiot. You know, but I, I look at it as just politics. It's politics is politics. 
And uh, so I don't take anything personal that anybody says. Uh, I love it. I, the way you know, kind of, I guess you're kind of making it, you're getting into that area is when somebody is picking apart your, your logo or something you say. I always like when somebody tells me that I'm not conservative enough or I'm talking to a Democrat this day, so I, I must be switching or, you know, that that's always comical. And I so I just take it with a, a grain of salt, much like you guys. I just, I find it extremely humorous because nobody's forced, obviously, to listen. I like everybody that listens, whether or not they agree with what I'm saying. Nobody should agree with anybody 100% of the time. I don't even agree with myself 100% of the time. I very much get that and enjoy the banter back and forth with those folks like that. We talked about uh, that last week on our show, actually talking to Jacob Serber from Thunderwolf. Uh-huh. He because they just started and they're they're just a, a dozen or so episodes in, and he he's like, we're starting to get emails and comments on Facebook and stuff, and I'm like, and it's like, yeah, whenever the whenever the mean ones first start coming. You, you take it personally, but then yeah. after a while, it becomes kind of comical. You're like, <laughs> really? Did, did my comment have that great of an effect on your life? Because <laughs> yes. I really doubt it. Right. But, I, I love it because, so I, I made a couple tactical errors uh, when I first started. I did not create a separate business Facebook account or, or creator's Facebook account. I just used my personal and I started, instead of making some kind of burner phone number, or getting a Skype number, I just started putting out my regular phone number. It's in the outro of my show. I say it all over Facebook. And so in a normal day, I receive anywhere from 20, 30, 40, between phone calls, text, emails, Facebook messages, or tweets, um, which I don't really know how to work t- Twitter. It just is something that's out there. Uh, but, yeah, we throw ditch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I made those tactical errors, and and now that we are this far along, I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Screw it. I, I can screen my calls, and I cannot get the emails if I don't want. So it is what it is. But uh, I yeah, yeah. I, I very much enjoy that. The people that agree with me, we're just agreeing. I, I like the people that disagree with me because I, you know what? I've actually had people that's called and said, you know. You're a an effing idiot, and this is why. And they've actually changed my mind, you know. So I I can uh, from time to time get behind that and uh, think it's thinks it's com- You know, I, I love it. But um, I think you guys handle it well down there, along with everything else you do. You guys do a hell of a job. You really do good work. I'm a major fan of the show. I love everything that you guys as a team put together. All of the content, the information that you give me as somebody that does what I do here, I'm able to go to your show for the information, the news, the politics from your area of the world, and that is a big help. It's a big plus, and I really love what you do, so I want to take this time to say thank you for the content that you create. Thank you for everything that you put out. And thank you for taking the time to be on the show with me today. Let me ask you this. Looking ahead to the future, is there anything that you guys have in the works, any big episodes coming up, or anything that you would like to give a quick plug for now before we wrap up? 
As Jeremiah alluded to earlier, we are about to start our candidate series. So this coming Thursday, well, actually, once you hear this, listener, it will have already been posted. Uh, <laughs> the most recent episode of Boss Hog of Liberty is just a fun episode. It's just uh, the, us hosts just sitting around and talking about just the day. Just abusing each other over our yeah. football teams. Because sure. It'll make fun of for not being an athlete. For anymore. not having one. But uh, the, that is because the week after that is whenever our candidate series starts. So we will be having all of the municipal candidates from Newcastle coming to our studio. If they are a part of a contested race, then we will have the uh, two opponents sitting down with each other and having a conversation on the issues that will be hosted by us. Uh, and that will run through the end of October, so right before uh, the election day. So uh, keep an eye out for that, everybody. And then after that, it'll probably just be like NPR, and we'll get uh, Dakota's recipes for uh, for making a canned ham before uh, before Christmas, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out. Well, very good. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today and talk with me and my listeners. Hopefully, we're having some crossover listeners, and I've got some Perception fans going to check out the Boss Hog of Liberty airing on Thursdays, along with your whole back catalog of older episodes, and I hope that you have your Boss Hog fans that are coming over to perception.fireside.fm and checking out what we're doing over here. I think what you guys do down there is absolutely fantastic. All the information and the news that you put out in your neck of the woods is wonderful for your community. You guys do a great job. I love seeing the teamwork and the effort that you all put in. It's fantastic. Here, it's kind of just me and my two producers. Down there, you have kind of a whole network of people that you kind of are bringing in and out and how they all play after one another and you guys bounce ideas off each other. It really is a wonderful thing to see, and I am a massive fan of the show, and I hope that we can continue in the relationship that we have, kind of building up one another and being fans of each other's show. I just want to thank you for all that you do, and definitely thank you for coming on today and talking with the, the listeners of Perception is Reality. Hey man, keep uh, keep Delaware County accountable. I I need the uh, I need that city to be in good shape when I come up for some pizza king. <laughs> Absolutely. I will continue doing my best to keep the officials accountable and transparent in Muncie, Winchester, and all of East Central Indiana while continuing to teach people the importance of being involved and engaged not only in Winchester, Muncie, and East Central Indiana, but everywhere. Even though laws, ordinances, and different titles and positions might be a little different from state to state and different areas to different areas, the same principles apply basically across the board on how to be a citizen who is involved and attempting to better your local government and your local community through citizen involvement. Well, thank you both very much. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been talking with Jeremiah Morrill and Dakota Davis, the co-hosts of the Boss Hog of Liberty podcast based out of Newcastle, 
Henry County, Indiana. I want to thank you both for coming on the show today and talking with myself and talking with the listeners, giving us all a little bit of insight in what it's like to be a boss hog of liberty, letting us know kind of what's going on down in your area, as well as giving us a look inside libertarianism and us kind of both trading ideas and thoughts and trying to build each other's show. I want to thank you guys for all that you do, and I want to ask the listeners of Perception is Reality to give the Boss Hog of Liberty a try. They have new episodes that come out on Thursdays, as well as quite a large back catalog of old episodes. You can get those episodes and new episodes on all major podcasting hosting sites, as well as thebosshogofliberty.com or bosshog.fireside.fm. Thank you for joining me, and we will see you on the flip side. Yeah, thanks for having us, Chris. It was my pleasure, and for the rest of you, stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Gilbert. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, the 43rd episode I'm calling The Boss Hog is Reality in honor of the host of The Boss Hog of Liberty podcast that I interviewed in the show. I want to thank Jeremiah and Dakota for stopping by, and I want to thank you for listening and for all the work that you do. I want to ask you to continue sharing this information, sharing the show, sharing the message, and reminding everybody that they can find these episodes on all major podcast hosting sites, as well as the home station of perception.fireside.fm. Until next time, stay safe, stay involved, stay engaged, continue asking questions, demanding accountability and transparency, and continue bettering your local government through your citizen involvement. Until we meet again, God bless, be safe, and I'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. Perception is reality. Reality. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318 and on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception Perception is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.